Hello, everybody, and welcome in to the 8 o'clock hour. The Great Scott Show, the Great Sports Callers Open Think Tank. I have had 110.3 milligrams of caffeine, which is still 960 less than what Dan Campbell has had. And I feel jacked up, so I don't know, man. That guy could probably outrun a horse in the morning. Sorry, I've been kind of stuck on this Dan Campbell thing. I need a, We need to transition for a moment because Pro Nola segment Fridays for, what, 13 years. My my friend Gus Catgill, my former coworker, we come on, we talk Saints and Pels. Gus on vacation, um, and, and I've brought in guys that, you know, don't tell Gus. They might think, I didn't say that. But they're two guys that I, I love to follow on social media. I love the content they put out. We had Ross Jackson to talk Saints. Now... Chris Connor to talk some Pels. He does work for the Bird Rights and Canal Street Chronicles covering the Saints. Chris, who um, lives in Chicago, but originally from New Orleans and reps New Orleans sports about as hard as anybody I know. Uh, he messaged me three and a half, four years ago about a story where they, they wanted something for me for Canal Street Chronicles. Started following him on social media then, and between his memes, the verbal memes, uh, his Pelicans content, uh, he, even though I haven't really talked to him and we're about to, he makes me smile just about every day with the content he puts out because I laugh because it's funny and it's also real. And now he joins me now, Chris Connor coming to us from Chicago to talk some Pelicans basketball. Good morning, Chris. How are you? How was the intro? Do you need to add anything? Do I need to pump you up some more? I, I listen, man, that's probably the best introduction I have had in a very long time. Um, Whenever I get married, I'll have you. Um, I'll have you say say some kind words and make a speech or something. Uh, do you want to go ahead and just let the world know, like when you plan on popping the question? Like when is that going to be? <laughs> hey man, my girl listening. Calm I down. know, I know. That's why I, <laughs> <laughs> you brought it up. All right, real important question here. Uh, what's your What's your favorite Beastie Boys song of all time? Because I know you're a fan of old school hip hop. I am. I am. So uh, I my favorite. <sighs> It's either sabotage or fight for your right, but for this for this for this case, let's go with let's go with fight for your right. All right. Well, you see, let's 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 use them both because right now Pelicans fans are are <laughs> fighting for the right of their franchise supposed savior that was supposed to fix so many things in the culture to do anything. And I'm sitting here and I'm like, is David Griffin some kind of snake oil salesman that has sabotaged this franchise? Like I I. I'm, I'm trying, Chris. I'm trying to be patient because when everything unfolded Monday night, I'm like, look, there's there's more to come here. I still don't know why the hell they had to include a first rounder for Graham, and I was debating with folks on Twitter about that uh, because you had to get him. No, you could have gotten him and just given up some seconds. But I digress. Like, I am just waiting for the next shoe to drop. Is it Buddy Heald? Is it something like do? Something is he trying to just sabotage this franchise right now, Chris? I don't know if you're going to talk me off of the ledge or just push me off of it right now. What is happening with the Pelicans right now? Uh, you know what? We're 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 four and a half days into free agency. So you know, um, a few things here, man. I mean, you know, the first thing that I'll say is, um, you know, I think that I think Griff, you know, the you know the entire staff, Langdon. Um, every everyone in, that's been involved in this in this thinking process, um, you know, they tried to they tried to stay 
three steps ahead, you know, mentally and with some of the moves that they did, right? You know, when they made when they made the trade to, you know, to to ship off Eric Bledsoe and Steven Adams and move seven spots to get to to get to seventeen, they did that with the thought of, you know, we we, we think we can still get one of our guys or we can get our guy. And they ended up getting the perfect fit in Trey Murphy. Um, you know, help me a guy that if they would have gotten at ten, some people wouldn't have really batted in an eye because of the fit and the things that he can offer you. You know, the upside, whether it be him playing right away or him playing down the line. I mean, Trey Trey's going to be a really good fit in this league at that side and for that team. So um, that worked out, right? You know, there was no there was no issues there. You know, and you just you just had a feeling, you know, man, if you get off to that kind of start. You know, then, you know, you draft a guy like Herb Jones in the second round who I, you know, who I think is going to be, you know, another guy that gives you, you know, an immediate fit. I don't think he's – I don't I don't foresee him playing right away, but um, like, like Trey Murphy, for example, but, but he's another guy that, you know, gives you length, gives you defense, playmaking ability, you know, at the, at the power forward position, which, you know, as of right now, the roster actually needs, you know, off of the bench. Um, but, you know, you had a feeling that things were going to work out. And – it just seemed everything after that just missed, man. You know, um, I, I am, for those who don't know, I have impatient in my name on, on Twitter. Like it's literally my Twitter name. So I am not the one always to be the beacon or be the guy to tell everyone, you know, be patient, calm down. I it just, that's not always me, but you know, the the reality of the, you know, of the situation is that Griffin is really, they've been trying, man. Like, they they have really given effort and it just hasn't worked. They've had got multiple players say no. Some I can't talk about and some that you know that, that were already reported. Yeah. Tim Hardaway Jr., Kyle Lowry, Chris Paul, like mm-hmm. you know, they just they struck out. They've been they've been up at, at the plate, but they've they've struck out. So, um and then I mean their their only real kind of source right now is through the trade market. It is disappointing that you had to give up a first for Devontae Graham. It is disappointing that as of right now, the trade package, what you ended up giving up or what you ended up um, receiving back for Lonzo Ball, it doesn't seem to fit what maybe, you know, the uh, what you would have received or possibly been able to put together just by keeping them, even if it was for a little bit a little bit longer matching the deal and kind of making a decision from there, maybe moving it down the line at some point. So it doesn't look good right now, but I will say, man, for everything that I know, the people they've been linked to, uh, you know, I was told that, you know, Sexton, Colin Sexton may have been back in play over the last few days. I know that they're trying their own alliance. It's either A, they haven't found something they're ready to pull the trigger or confident, or they just haven't had good luck. Chris Connor. All right, a couple of things that <clears throat> that have happened just in the last two minutes since you've been talking. Um, number one, I've followed you on social for several years, and I swear to God, I've always read your Twitter handle as I'm patient. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Oh, no. That's so funny. So I've always read it as the opposite. I'm like, there it is. Chris is being positive. He's being patient. And literally, it's the opposite. That is funny. Uh, But it just shows that even though it's your handle, you're you're maybe more patient than you think. Uh, Secondly, um, it's been reported here, Pelicans have actually made a signing, Chris. Now, it's not a a surprise. It's not part of a 19-team sign-in trade that's bringing in um, you know, a definitive starter, 
But uh, Andrew Lopez confirming in the last few minutes that uh, they're bringing back Willie uh, Hernan Gomez, Billy, as we like to call him, on a three-year deal. Don't have contract details yet. Uh, I think, I mean, I could be wrong. I think that just came out here uh, since we've been chatting, unless you read it before you came on. But, you know, the guy had, what, 11 double-doubles in, in the 12 starts. Uh, energy felt like one of those guys that, okay, he's not going to be an all-star, but he's a guy you want on this team. You want as a, a spark plug off the bench. You want that hustle. You want that attitude. And, um, yeah, so, you know what, just since we've been talking, I, I told you to try to keep me positive and, you know, you told me you were actually impatient, and then the 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 Pels have you know bring bringing Billy back. So stuff's happening at least, although not exactly what I would describe as what we're all waiting for. But it's something. Yeah, I, I mean, listen, Billy. Billy's a guy who it's it's very difficult not to like. You know, just just when you uh, when you watch how often the guy's smiling, how active he is on social media, it just seems like a right a positive guy. He'd actually probably be the perfect guy for you to talk to right now, Scott, if you wanna if, if you wanna leave feeling a little bit happy about the things that are going on. But um, you know, I don't um unfortunately because of depth, uh, you know, the the slow start with Jackson and uh, Steven Adams injury here and there, it just you know, the team they had to put Billy in a situation in which he you know, I don't think he should have been in a in a spot last year where he was starting and the guy, the team was depending on him to play big minutes. I think Billy's a you know a third or fourth or fourth piece in your in your big man rotation can come in and give you some spot minutes here and there, maybe a spot start. But you know, the team was just in too many situations last year where they had to depend on him. Um, but if we're talking about what he can do for your locker room, if we're talking about you know simply what what he can do here and there when called upon, just being ready as a professional. I think he's perfect. I'm glad they brought him back to this team because, they, you know, one of the things, and it's, a, it's similar to hopefully what a guy like Garrett Temple, you know, can do for this team. They need more professionals. They need guys that, that are positive locker room influences uh, for for a team that has many uh, important young players. I am I am happy about Billy, but, you know, one of the things that are very interesting right now, man, it just points to there's so many things that point to the fact that something has to happen real soon. Uh, mainly with this with this Memphis trade, I think they have up until noon to end up uh, putting something together before it's completely finalized. I mean, they're at 16 contracts. Everybody can't stay and everybody can't play. So, um, you know, you have to think, you know, at some point they are going to make a move. We just don't know for who. Well, maybe it's Colin Sexton, the um, you know eighth overall pick um, in what uh, he's he's been in the league since 2018. They do seem to have uh, a good bit of Alabama players on the roster right now. I'm I'm one of those critics at this point. Maybe it's Buddy Heald. I mean, all the reports are they want to move him. It seems like it fills a need on the team. I know some folks would be happy to bring him back, right? I mean. Guy, guy got to New Orleans, seemed to love it, named his dog Nola, and then, um, you know, unceremoniously just traded just like that, which at the time, I mean, it made sense, the whole Boogie Cousins thing, we all remember, but it was just kind of like, oh, that's that's too bad. We kind of like Buddy. But, you know, here comes Boogie, and look out, and the Pelicans are going to make the playoffs this year. Well, they didn't, and then the next year. And we all know what happened since then. But yeah, let's um, 
you know, I guess that's my question. Is is Buddy Heald still in play here? Or do you feel like, look, if that was going to happen, it already would have? Well, I, you know, listen, it, it, I I can't tell you definitely. I mean, you know, he's one of the guys that I haven't I haven't heard about, you know, from anyone. And I mean, I, you know, to be honest, Scott, I mean, it really is a weird situation, right? Because while while you know that that they are trying to make moves and put something together, um, you know, it's still a lot of people. You know, when you talk to a lot of people that are close to the team or that would know what would happen, there's still a lot of question marks in regards to or uncertainty. Like, I mean, yo, I talk to so many people that are like, I haven't heard anything. Or others that say, I don't know what they're doing. Or, you know, or others others that'll tell you, hey, man, they're trying, but, I, you know, I still can't give you give you an update. You know, I, it, it's, it's it's a really interesting situation. It's a it's a mixture of you know a team that, you know, from my perspective, if I had to guess, they're trying to make moves, but they don't want to be desperate and make the wrong move that's short sighted and puts them in a, in another situation. And that's what happens when you end up you know uh, making a move last off season that include Eric Bledsoe and Stephen Adams, and you have to end up tagging assets along just to get rid of them. So you don't want to be in another another spot like that. Uh, I think I agree with you. I, I think at this point, um, you know, I I look at Devonte Graham with a lot of things that he can offer you. Um, I don't think I don't think that you are in a terrible situation if you start him. But he just feels to me, everything about Devonte just feels like a six man. And I think um, you know you'd be much better off being able to plug in a guy like Buddy next to Nikhil Alexander Walker in your backcourt uh, going forward and. You know, it just will continue to open up more things for your lineup, and it would be great to welcome him, welcome him back. So, yeah, man, I haven't heard heard anything, but I don't think it's too late because Sacramento. I mean, they clearly tried to trade him. They clearly are going to, you know, you know, they have one, two, three, three many guards, right? You know, they just drafted Davion Mitchell. They already have Ty Halliburton. They they brought back Terrence Davis, and they have De'Aaron Fox. You know that 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 doesn't look like a team that is looking to give or uh, you know subpoena a bunch of a bunch of minutes, especially after a contract that they gave him extension. I think a couple years ago, and what they were expecting a little bit more than they ended up receiving. You know, I think it's best for both parties on well for that team and a new situation. And you know, you would think that New Orleans would be the spot. Uh, you know, you just I guess at this point it may be a compensation battle, but. I, you know, I wouldn't close that door. I mean, I, he he is one of the guys that uh, they have been linked to in the past uh, behind doors, and you know, I think could eventually happen. I mean, we're what a few hours away from the moratorium ending. Like, let's make it happen, David Griffin. Please, just something. And uh, and look, I get where you're coming from, right? You you you, you try to get Lowry. He's like, I'm good. You try to get Chris Paul. He flexed it into a four year deal with Phoenix. Good for him. Um, you know, you've you've tried things and they're not working now, but the reality is as much as you and I want this franchise to succeed, reality is to get stars, you either got to draft them or trade for them. And um, it, <laughs> when guys are turning down to stay somewhere or go elsewhere, it just uh, it makes the job a little more difficult. And yet David Griffin came in and talked about culture change and, and cha- changing that image of the Pelicans around the league with players. So I do think I, I don't fall into the school of, oh, well, what's he supposed to do? I mean, it's not his fault. No, you know, he, it's it's his job. He needs to get this done. And I, 
Is this roster currently a little more improved from than they were last year? I guess, but that's just because they got rid of, you know, Bledsoe. I mean, I'm not trying to be funny. I mean, it, I'm, there's really – there's not a lot of real enhancements thus far. I like Graham on that contract a lot. I would love it if they can move that into a trade exception through a sign-and-trade that we get announced later today where now they can pay a player on that's making around 20 mil. Now they still have the mid-level exception. Now they still have the – the lower level exception for a veteran, like they, they still have the flexibility to do something here. But if it doesn't happen today, Chris, I'm just worried. It's this is it, and that's that's kind of if that's the case, and that's really disappointing. Well, you know, I agree. I mean, everyone everyone knows, uh, and I, I would say, uh, including a lot of people that's you know inside the organization players as well this is this is a very important year upcoming for the team you know they can't I, I don't think that they can go through another year where they don't make the playoffs and I think beyond that they're a team that they need to they need to make a jump beyond that they, they need to make you know be a six seed have an opportunity you know to give an exciting first round like you know the team you know you have you have two all-stars that's one generational talent uh you know you you mentioned that the team got better, and I mean, yes, there are guys. You know, Jonas Jonas Valanciunas is a is a massive upgrade from from anything that the Pelicans have had over the past few years. Uh, I I feel confident in that right away, knowing how he fits and what he's going to be able to do for this team. You know, uh, I do like the contract of Devontae Graham. I don't like what you had to give up for it, even if it's a lot, of, even if it's lottery protected. You know, we'll see if we get more information about that once the deal is completely finalized, but. I do like I do like some things about Devontae Graham and how he fits. Um, I think, but I mean, as the roster stands right now, it doesn't. I don't think it leaves anyone confident enough to say that this team is um, they're you know they're better and you know they're they're better alone uh, to fill in or uh, feel confident about in regards to making a playoff team. I mean, I think a lot of people, as we stand, would say, you know what, they're probably you know you know a playing playing team, you know, maybe a team they could sneak into the AC. But look, at the end of the end of the day, where we stand, you're looking at a you're looking at a team where you are putting a lot of pressure on your young superstar, which is fair. I mean, you know, Zion's entering his third year. That's for a lot of guys where they make where they make massive jumps and we've already seen one from Zion. I could expect another. Uh, you know, Brandon Ingram should have should have a even better a better year. Then his all-star year, right, he was able to duplicate success from that year with uh, a team, a starting lineup that, you know, I think ranked out to be one of the worst spacing teams in basketball. That's going to work for him. Uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker should make a jump. He should be, you know, I think Kyra Lewis Jr. is going to be better. You know, they they had a good draft. I mean, Jackson Hayes, I mean, you, you have guys there that, I think can make improvements and that are going to be much better and put this team in situations to where they've just closed in games better. They, they, you know, they've learned from last year. And then we have to look at Willie Green and say, I mean, you know, he's a heck of a coach. He's been on a team that's had to make a jump with some young players and was able to do it in which he's been around. So uh, I, I think the team is better. But if we're talking about feeling confident about it before the season starts, I don't think anyone's there – and the last thing you want, man, I, you know, I think this offseason was supposed to give you an opportunity to go into training camp 
without a sense of uncertainty. You were supposed to feel more confident about the roster up front. But, man, no, no, we really have a chance to make some noise this year. I, you know, you're confused right now if that is the case. That's just not good with all the noise that's, you know, that, that's, that's been behind the franchise and, you know, with some of the players, so on and so forth. So, you know, as I've been, um, you know, throughout our talk today, I've been trying to, you know, give a, you know, a sense of, I, I wouldn't say protection of Griffin. I'm trying to give a beam of light. But it is his job to make something happen here and not make bad decisions in the process. And to be honest, so after the Eric Bledsoe deal, after the trade, he has, you know, the draft trade, he hasn't really been able to do that so far. But hopefully that last shoe drops, man, and we all come out looking, you know, feeling and, you know, and looking good because they have to make something work and they have to be a playoff team and someone and, and beyond, I think, uh, by the time next season ends. ESPN 1420, it's the great Scott Show. I'm Scott Prather visiting with Chris Connor of thebirdrights.com and uh, Saints website, canalstreetchronicles.com, uh, the Bird Rides podcast as well. Um, Chris, the um, the pinned tweet on top of your profile is still, you know, Zion and Zoe. So I don't know. I mean, I don't know if you need to update it with, you know, like a picture of me or something different, but... <laughs> You know, seeing that up there, man, it's like, yeah, it's, it's, I guess, I guess heaven's gone, man. I mean, it's, it's no longer there. <laughs> I'm sad, man. I mean, that, that, that's why that's, that's up there. Cause I, I, I really wanted, I really wanted that combination or, or part of uh, what I thought was going to be a really exciting trio from years to come to work. Um, it unfortunately didn't. I think I will put a picture up there of you, or maybe I'll put one up there of David Griffin, whether something positive happens, bad or not. I mean, um, I mean some meme I, with David Griffin, make it happen. Some kind of meme. Work it. We'll wait until today ends, and then <laughs> I'll be I'll be waiting. Uh, before we let you run, Chris Connor has been our guest. Uh, M Patient Bull on Twitter. What's funny is I've heard you on podcasts too, and they'll mention your Twitter handle as Impatient, and yet I still in my mind would just read it as I'm patient. I, I can't believe that I've done that for years. Um, but th- this isn't a Pelicans question, Chris. This is story time because, you know, dealing, talking to fans, you hear lots of, of various stories and. I know, like, it's hard. Like, if I'm going to miss a Saints game, like, that's a that's a big deal. I mean, you got to kind of plan your, your life around sporting events. And now that I've had a couple of kids, it's a little more difficult. And, and I still do whatever I can to watch it. But if I have to miss a little bit of one, I guess I'm not, like, like, that would have, like, 10 years ago, at any time before that, it would have just, like, killed me on the inside. Like, I don't know how I could handle it. Now, you know, let me try to stream. Let me try to get creative. Let me try to record. I'll just, I'll figure it out. But like mm-hmm. you, you took drastic measures once, years ago, <laughs> to make sure that you got to watch a Saints Falcons game. I think it was a Thursday night game. Now, you're yeah, you're a resident of Chicago, and um, in your younger days, I mean, I, I would say you weren't thinking. But the reality is, when you're when the Saints are about to come on and play the Falcons, like you're not. If you're a rabid Saints fan like you are, you're not you're not thinking rationally. You know what I'm saying? Like so that's. In my mind, that's uh, that's a defense to just be like, you know what, we'll let you off with a warning. But let our listeners know, I mean, we're we're very much in the thick of Saints country down here. Um, this story about the time that you may or may not have been arrested because your phantom just just took over. Man, so I mean, first of all, 
Scott, between his introduction and him going back to either A, find this story that I published for Canal Street Chronicles years ago, or just remembering. Oh, I remember it. No, no, I didn't go back and find it. I remember it. No, I remember reading it and being so impressed (laughs) the day I read it years ago. So, all right. So, first of all, I'm going to start this by saying if I was still in New Orleans, there's no way in hell I would have been arrested. It just would not have happened. Somebody's going to listen to this and say, you know what? I get it. I, but let's paint this picture. This was about, this was in 2015. So if I'm 29 now, I was 23. Somewhere around there. I wasn't good with math. 23, 24. I'm going to go with 23. It was my Jordan year. So I, I got off work. I left work early. The Saints were playing the Falcons. Now, in retrospect, they weren't, they were, I believe that was the year they were going to be. In, they were going through another seven and nine or eight and eight years, yeah, yeah. one or the other. That's right, how it ended. Right. It was a seven and um, nine season. But it's the Falcons, and it was like week four. Amen. So in my mind, they still were going to get to that part of the season that they always do in those seven and nine, eight and eight years, to where they start off slow. They start off one and three, one and four, and then they get back to five hundred or close to five hundred, and then they end up disappointing. And then you know they're doing it back and forth game all year to where you're left feeling mediocre, as you should. But um, it was a Thursday night game. It was the Falcons. I hadn't had a chance to watch many Thursday night football games at that time because if I'm correct, they had just, you know, it was still fairly fairly early in the process consistently, at least for me. Um, And, damn it, I was going to enjoy this game. So I get home, or I thought I got home, and I realized I didn't have my keys. I will tell everyone who's listening, if you ever want to, if you ever meet me in real life and you get into a case in which you are drunk and you are not driving home, I won't let you drive. I I won't. I'm one of those friends. Give me your keys. You're probably better off finding someone else to give your keys. I will lose them. It's just the way way it is. I've lost all type of keys in my life. It is what it is. So I couldn't find my keys. I called my job to see, hey, did I leave my my keys there? I'll come back. Nope. All right. Now I am. I don't. I only have a few options here. I the apartment that I had, my landlord was not going to uh, answer his phone to, to, to his phone call to 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 ride over and uh, open my apartment at that time. Um, I didn't have many options here. I did not. It just meant watching a game in the comfort of your, of your own house, cursing the way you want to, yeah. good or bad. Yeah. Drink, you know. Yeah. I, I I had I I had a drink set up there. I was about to order food. Everything was right. Everything was going a long, to go perfect. This is a long setup of defense before we... <laughs> exactly, because you, you, need, you need to know my mindset before I tell you that, you know, you know the, uh, the idiot I turned into. So and from, my, from my experiences, I've realized that there are only a few ways you can get into your house if you are locked out. In life, you call a locksmith. I did not want to pay seventy nine eighty five to get to have this locksmith come out, or, or, you could call the police. If you call the police, whether you lock your keys inside of your no. car or your house, what they will tell you is that we can only go in there if a child is locked inside. And here's where it goes left. I decided to make up this story to watch this damn Saints game about a child that was locked inside. <laughs> And it did not go well. I thought that I was going to be able to get into this house. I thought it was going to be a squad car that showed up. Fire truck showed up. An ambulance showed up. It did not ring. It did not 
it didn't. I didn't get it until the fireman looked with an axe in his hand. I'm like, oh, he's here for me. Damn. So he walks up. I thought they're going to break my door down. They get open. I get in my house, and I'm like, I'm free. I made it. I'm going to close this door on these people, and they're going to leave immediately. And the fire, the, the fireman is looking at me with this concerned face in his eyes and say, hey, man, like, where's the child? I told him it was a two-year-old. Oh, Chris, the, Jesus Christ. Name Adrian by the hockey fan. So Adrian was all I had, okay? Um, I don't know if it was a girl crazy. or boy. I don't remember. Um, I end up having to go come up with more stories because more cops show up. And I'm not, now I'm telling – I have to show him a kid, right? Well, there's no kid now. So now I'm telling him that my girlfriend, who I'm still with now, took him to Walmart or something. And then the cop, a cop shows up and is like, dude, like, why would, why would you leave a two-year-old in your place? And I'm like, this sounds like child endangerment. I don't have a child. It's not going to work. Um. So I have to tell him, I mean, he's walking back to my car. I know what's about to happen. I'm about to get arrested. And I'm like, uh, yeah, man, officer, I got to be honest with you. There's no child. I never had one. I was trying to get in to watch the Saints game. <laughs> he didn't care. He's probably a Bears fan. He is, he, I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't or, understand or, how important or, it No, was. no, Chris. Or he was a police officer that's like, you just <laughs> you just told oh, us a two-year-old was fine. locked in here. He decided to do his job. It's overrated. <laughs> overrated, Scott. He decided, he decided to do his job for whatever reason today or that day. Oh, he took me to God. jail. He told me that I had a Class D felony for falsifying a police report. And then I missed the game. I didn't find out that the Saints ended up winning the game until like 4 o'clock the next day being bailed out. That was so the worst part, right? Story, Huh? That was the worst part. Not 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 having to spend one evening in jail, <laughs> but not seeing the Saints game. And and I say that not as a joke. The worst part was that you missed the game. I missed the game. There was, of course, there's no TV in jail, people. Okay, at, at least at least in the one I was in, there was no there was no TV there. Everyone could be nice and, and, and look up and look up on their phone and Bleacher Report at the time and tell me the score. I was I had to sit there and wonder in the process what was going on. Was Drew Brees gonna going to find a way to bail out another terrible defense and beat the Atlanta Falcons team. And they did. I even think Delvin Bro shut out or did, did really well against Julio Jones that, that day. It just was terrible. Um, so more of the story, people, um, if you choose to lie uh, about certain things in your life, you know, find a better, a better reason or, or, or a cop out of sorts than a child being locked into your house. Yeah. Or just I call the locksmith, you know. Or just call a locksmith. There you go. He's got smart. Do what he says. I, you know, I, it, it remains like I've told people this story before, Chris. Like, because <laughs> you know, I've, I'm surrounded by Saints fan my whole life. I'm like, yeah, you think you you think you went to extremes. You you don't. Let me, let me tell you about. <laughs> you have no let me idea. Tell you about Chris Connor. And now hearing your just firsthand account, like verbally, it it really is incredible. I mean, I I can't tell you. How much, on one hand, like you were younger, on one hand, I'm like, man, what was he thinking? And on the other, there's just this, there's the fan side of it that just has this immense respect. But then the, the almost the parent in me, I'm not, I mean, look, we're only 10 years apart. I'm not trying to suggest like, like, but there's this other part of me. It's like, man, Chris, I'm, I'm worried. Like, what were you, you went to jail. And then I'm like, yeah, but who that baby, come on. <laughs> 
<laughs> I just didn't want to. Man, I, I had options. I could have went to a bar. I could have went to a friend's house. I could have went to. I could have went. I could have went anywhere. My phone was alive. I could have. I could have. I could have did so many different things. Just waited till tomorrow. But impatient fool wanted and needed to watch the game right then and there and watch it and watch it in the sanity of his own house. So I could yell and scream and talk and Drew Brees and company as loud as I wanted to without anyone interrupting me, probably being a drunken mess. That was the plan. And unfortunately, that cop decided to do his job. Um, <laughs> probably a I am not fan, taking responsibility beyond there. Okay. <laughs> I did what I did to, to, to be a fan of New Orleans Saints. If you're not willing to do the same, people, are you really a fan? You know what I mean? Are you really a fan? What, what have you sacrificed? I um I think that's a great note to to end this conversation on. Chris Connor, my yes. favorite follow on social media, uh, impatient bull. By the way, um, that's where you follow him at. Chris, man, this has been great. Uh, we're gonna do it again soon, and um, you know, next time y'all want to talk like oh seven oh eight or oh eight oh nine Hornets on the old uh, Bird Rights podcast, give me a shout, man. I, I can I can dig deep into it with that old wrestler. Oh my God, I, we will we will make this happen really soon, Scott. Because I have vivid memories of what what was a special time and should have been even more special. Yeah, but thanks, man. It, it, it was great. It was great being here, man. I, I look forward to our next time. Yeah, man, and uh, and thanks for sharing that story. That I don't know the last time you told it, but. Uh, it's still amazing. You know, a little community <laughs> service that you had to do. I'd imagine you just rep your Saints gear during it and said, you know what, if I'm going to have to do this, I'm going to make sure everybody knows who that, right? <laughs> I had a diversion program that that, that, that did not. Um, unfortunately, getting the felony off my record was more important than doing any type of community service. So that didn't happen. But if I had to, it would have been in Saints gear, so they understood. So, I'm, yeah. glad, I'm glad things are going well for you. Uh, since then and things are going great check out chris's stuff uh over bird rights canal street chronicles impatient bull on twitter all the best man have a great weekend and uh, we'll talk to you soon all right all right scott you too man that's it chris connor go give him a follow